1: 18 minutes of flame the hottest podcast on the internet Kind of a crazy thing going for us, too. I wonder how many of you remember the boogie-woogie craze again, so you can all shout hey, okay? You wanna do it again, don't you? Doing it all by themselves, okay? Hey! Okay, fellas, now it's your turn. men in my audiences too i hope i didn't leave anybody out (laughs) well you never know when tiny tim might be in the audience now this boogie woogie i've been playing for you is a kind that is known as boogie woogie eight to the bar here's a little invention of my own boogie woogie 16 to the bar
2: That was the great Liberace with uh, Boogie Woogie. That was from 1969. I guess he had his own show back in the day. Lee, Lee
3: had his own show back in the day. That was a really funny comment he made about Tiny Tim. Like Tiny Tim was his own species or something.
2: A little side note about Tiny Tim. People don't really know this, but Tiny Tim
3: actually died. You know, Tiny Tim, Tiptoe Through the Tulips, his most famous song, the amazing one hit wonder of of Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim actually died
2: on stage singing Tiptoe Through the Tulips. He died. I think he just I think he just finished the song and people were applauding and he died. Tiny Tim was an Aries, by the way. Can you imagine that? You're playing your signature to tu- your signature tune. And then you die. You have a heart attack. Like, I think that's kind of the way to go. Honestly, if you're going to go, either that or you're going to go uh, Rockefeller-style. mortis in the sack. Based on how we know that we're going to move from one world to the next. Anyway, Liberace is a very interesting character.
3: And in a weird way, he is... Kind of a sub narrative to our kind of ongoing story here, and um some people know this. If you've watched the show, you you, you know that uh, I've kind of gone down this alley before. But Liberace was like a spiritual teacher for Donald Trump. Donald Trump used to hang out with Liberace, and if you
2: if you look at Trump Tower and his. Uh, his shrine to Apollo uh, at the top of
3: uh, Trump Tower—you can tell that the uh, furnishings have been influenced by Liberace just a little bit, right? So that's an, an interesting side note around this whole thing. And the other thing that's fascinating about Liberace is like, like everybody knew he was like he was queer, but nobody really cared because he could really fucking play the piano, and he was very entertaining, right? He was super, super entertaining. And he was, uh, Liberace was very self-aware. Like he knew that people would, would you know, crack on him for, but, he, but the weird thing about Liberace is that he always kind of denied being queer. Of course he has a he dies of AIDS, right? That's what happens. Um, But he always used to deny it, which I thought was very strange. But then he would also say people make fun of me all the time. And uh, I'm laughing all the way to the bank because he was quite wealthy as well. But an interesting side note about Liberace is how his career got started. And some of you may know this story, but if you don't, let let me fill you in. So there is a character by the name of Corla Pandit. And I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a, a little video of Corla Pandit or Corla Pandit is what he was how he was known back in the day and uh, Corla Pandit so if you um uh, went if if you were watching TV back in the day like in the late 40s early
2: 50s um there they would have a lot of downtime between commercials and or between shows. Uh, and so they would have live performers and they would,
3: they would, they would take up the uh, sort of the airtime in the space.
2: So there was a guy on the West coast named Corle Pandi, and he was supposed to be uh, Indian. Right, he was supposed to be this uh, swami from India, and uh, turns
3: out that he really <laughs> and he really wasn't a swami from India. I'll get into that part of it, but let me play you a little coral Pandit. I'm not going
2: to play the whole thing, uh, but he's an important part of Liberace's story and rise. Just a little Americana here so this is how old this thing
3: is right look at the look at the black and white stuff here so this is a coral pandy playing (laughs) miserloo So that gives you some idea of this guy's talent, right? So he's, he's banging out the keys on the piano on one side, and then the keys on the organ on another side. And he was huge. Like he was really, really popular. Uh, He was regional. He was a West coast guy. So he would come on and uh, in between these live broadcasts, like TV was live back then. It wasn't, you know, it didn't really go into a recorded, material until most of the TV production moved to uh, Hollywood and California um, a little bit later on, like the late fifties and going into the early sixties. And that's when they started to record programs, but TV used to be live, right? So they would have these spaces and gaps and it was usually regional. So he became really, really popular um, on the West coast. And he, he went deeper and deeper into this whole kind of Indian persona, um, and, and, and really evolved like, you know, like much deeper and, and started to teach classes and like meditation and enlightenment. And you know, this is, this is after the fact, right? Well, it turns out that he's not Corlepandit. His story was supposedly he was Indian and his mother might have been French or something like that. It's one of these, it, it kind of gets into Yul Brenner territory because Yul brenner has got a really weird origination story, but, um, That's his story, right? His, his wife was his manager and his wife was a, was uh, somebody who had worked for Disney. Okay. So that should give you a clue right there. And so she was, you know, really engaged in creating this persona. Well, Coral Pandit's real name was John Roland Red, and he wasn't Indian. He was from St. Louis and he was very light skinned, uh, black African American, like back in the day, they were called passing, right? But he was he wasn't passing for white, he was passing for being um Indian, a, a Hindu mystic who, who played piano and organ with uh, great skill, virtuosity, and dexterity. And so he was really becoming quite popular, and um, they were linking up the east coast and the west coast, uh, for spots like that, right? So in between shows, so they could keep you. This is really before a lot of commercials were being, because again, back in those days, it, what would happen is that they would do a, a show and they would, they would bring up a product, right? Like like Sid Caesar, you know, talking about True Hemp Science, right? Or Milton Berle talking about True Hemp Science. That's how sponsorships work. It wasn't like they had a lot of pre-recorded commercials. That that technology just did not exist. So they needed to keep viewers tuned to their TV, you know, as they went from, you know, one transmission to another transmission. So a guy like Corlett Pandit was really, really important in, uh, in, in that phase of the operation. And so um, when they were going to basically bring kind of both hemispheres of the East Coast and the West Coast together and have one person kind of do this thing, right. And keep viewers connected. Um, Corlea Pandit was the guy, but his wife, um, was greedy. She was greedy and she wanted more out of the deal, a lot more out of the deal. And, uh, while he was on the, on the West coast, Liberace Lee Liberace was on the East coast. He's from Pennsylvania, by the way. And so he had his own thing going on. And He became the guy. He became the guy. That's how Liberace got famous. He became the guy that would kind of keep people in, engaged uh, in between these programs. And uh, and Corel really lost out because of his his wife, who'd helped create the persona. By the way, she helped get him there, and the Disney connection I think is interesting. But at the end of the day, it was it was uh, you know she overplayed her hand. I'm like fuck them, we're just gonna go with Liberace. Uh, an interesting side note about Corla Pandit. You can either call him Pandit or Pendit. I call him Corla Pendit. So I used to go to this restaurant in Calistoga a long time ago when I was in my in my 20s, late teens, early 20s. I used to go up there and hang out. And there was this Mexican restaurant there, and they had, they had good Mexican food, it was very humble. So one day I'm sitting down in this Mexican restaurant with my girlfriend and and I look across and there's this old guy playing an organ inside the restaurant. It's fucking Corla Pandit or Corla Pandit. And I look at him and he knows that I know who he is, right? And he's smiling and everything. And eventually I would, I would become friends with um, a young woman whose parents owned that restaurant and that she actually grew up with Corla Pandit or Corla Pandit. So he's an interesting side note to the story. And the reason I wanted to play Liberace is number one, the guy is just like super talented. Number two, he's connected to Trump, and number three, um, he, he, he in a lot of ways he kind of you know is also laying the 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 groundwork for somebody like Jobriath, right? Who also plays piano and, if I'm not mistaken, also comes from Pennsylvania, like Liberace. What's in the water in Pennsylvania, by the way? curious. So behind me, I have uh, an image of New York in the 70s. And we're going to return to New York in the 70s. As I break down a movie that I think begins to get to the heart of what we're talking about. And the name of the movie is called God Told Me To. Now, originally, it was called Demon. And I saw this movie when I was in high school. And, you know, I when I was, look, Neptune and Scorpio, guilty as charged, right? Scorpio rising. I would watch movies that had devil themes back in the 70s. For whatever reason, I found them fascinating, right? Whether it was The Exorcist, uh, The Devil's Reign, uh, uh, Race with the Devil, very underrated movie, by the way, with Peter Fonda and um, uh, who, who's the, the other guy? It's not Bradford Dillman. It's uh, Warren Oates very underrated movie you want to watch a scary fucking movie watch race with the devil because one of the things that you get out of race with the devil is that (laughs) so I'll give you the background of that movie they're out in the desert right they got an RV they're tooling around they're there with their wives they stumble upon a ritual sacrifice in the desert it was a it was a bad night for them and then what happens is that they're discovered and then they're chased down and everywhere they go they run into people who are part of the cult right it's a very interesting movie it's one of those movies where i really do think hollywood is doing a bit of show and tell so uh demon is not quite in that category uh or god told me to which is the 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 latter version or the re- renamed version but it's its own sort of uh, beast. And in Demon, we are ultimately introduced to a Baphomet character. But, and, excuse me, and how they get there is quite interesting. And the creator of the movie is a guy by the name of Larry Cohen, who I'm going to talk about a little bit when we actually get to that part of uh, our show today. So I don't want to I don't want to labor on too long here and have a, a huge intro because I do want to get to the meat of the show. But before I do that,
2: I need to check in with my peeps. Let's see what we got here. Um uh, there's my man, DJMC. What's going on?
3: Miguel Pedrita. Always good to see Pedrita. Hello. Catherine Kramer, Double K, announced Tom providing some great background on um, Roberto Calvi in the chat. Tom really stepped up today on Astro Weather. Bravo. Bravo, Thomas. Good job. Uh, let's see who else we have. Kabuki Theater, what's going on? Boo, good to see you. Uh, Fran, the fantastic one. CC Jones, hey, look who's here with us today. SP Dimples, check it in. From another part of the another part of the realm, always good to see you. Uh, who else do we have? Finished painting Easter eggs. Uh, Five-month, uh, what is it, five-M-year-old?
2: Clean the mask and enjoy the show for the first time in ages. We're, we're glad to have you back. It's funny, I was thinking about Easter eggs, too. I was definitely about Easter eggs. Good Thursday. Yes, of course. My
3: man Steve is here. Kelly B in the house. Uh, let's see. Who else is Miss Nakia jumping in over from Astro Weather? P2 Swinger, Buongiorno, Signore, Signore. Good, I love it. Wendy says the beautiful one is back with us, and we always appreciate her. Uh, the Candelabra Blues and Liberace was a talent, man. He was a talent. The OG Sissy Boots, I know, right. Uh, let's see man was Liberace an ivory tickler Liberace was a badass he did it in fucking double time that was serious I was born in the wrong year this music speaks to my soul this is so strange hey we live in strange times I met I bet Liberace would have made a great comedic Dracula oh no doubt camp total camp right Look like at C.C. Liberace way before your time. It's true. Huckabuck411 is here. My fifth house, Sun in Aqua, loves the fun. Good. Good. Excellent. Lotta. Lotta. Soul Traveler checking in from New Jersey, where it is warm and sunny. My God. If you're going to be in New Jersey, make it be warm and sunny, please, but not muggy. Uh, Beth Berry here, double B. Uh, I can appreciate the talent being a band student. Oh, we just learned something about Kelly. Kelly's a band student. Lisa W's here.
2: Uh, Let's see. Who else do we have? What happened to Miss Vicky? They divorced. They divorced before uh, he uh, kicked it on stage. Tiny Tim OG weirdo, right?
3: And I have New York in the background. That's true. The 1% are just trying to piss people off. They found the button that works. Can we, uh, Bo, I'm with you.
2: Let's do a half percent or a quarter percent. Because I, I, I think there's some people that are making around
3: $300,000. It could be considered the 1%. The 1% is shrinking, by the way. I, I, if you're probably making about $200,000 a year, you're probably the 1% now.
2: Just saying. Oh, look at that. Miss Nakia said, I met Tiny Tim at the airport in my 20s. How about that? That's cool. So we went out on a high note. Bada boom. Yes. Hey, it's D. Tiffer. Hi, darling. Did Tiny Tim work for Buffalo Bill? I think so.
3: Hmm. Good question. Is that New York? Yes, it is messy. That's back in the the, uh, bad old days. Harriet Bowie's here. What's going on, Harriet? Good to see you. A luxurious cat houseer. You guys have the best
2: names, man. I love those names. Swami Eyes. Yeah, he did have the Swami Eyes. Uh, Scrubbies is here. What's going on, Scrubs? Good to see you. Uh, Let's see. Who else do we have? Robert knows and finds the weirdest stuff. I got a catalog of weird shit in my head. He kind of gripped me out. Oh, thank goodness for him. Eek! I tune into this, yay. We're just getting started.
3: We're just getting started. Yes, coral appendage had a wife. Crossfire cat. Crossfire cat's in the house. What's going on? Probably the wife was the man in the relationship. Man, you guys, you guys are brutal.
2: Funny that I mentioned Aladdin. Sink. Sink. Let's see. Oh else do we have? My Neptunes
3: and Scorpio 2 and Moon. Leaning right in there. I just watched
2: Shaft. Yeah, Shaft is a great movie. Love Shaft. You know, they made a TV series out of Shaft, and Richard Roundtree was in it. I used to watch it. Midnight at the Oasis, put your camel to bed. The Japanese stuff terrified me. Mm. Christine is here.
3: Hello. Japanese are excellent scary movies for real. Yeah, some of the uh, more modern Japanese stuff in the horror realm is pretty pretty creepy. Pretty creepy. All right. Are we good? Are we all caught up? SJS is here. Hi, SJS. I was obsessed with watching Liberace as a young girl. My grandmother refused to believe he was gay. (laughs) Oh, sometimes illusions die hard, right? Sometimes they die hard. All right, let's get a little shout out to my guy Chris over at Truham Science. And uh, are you guys voting for? Are you voting for him over there? I think Chris needs to put a link on his website. I got to reach out to him today. I say, man, you need to put a link. Put a link so people can jump in. Yeah, the weird thing about Cora Pandey is that even after the fact that people. He had, like, a following. He was almost like a, I wouldn't call it the the cult of Corla, but he had all these, like, you know, classes. It's really weird, you know. It's, it's like Carlos Castaneda, I think he went to Mexico one time, uh, you know, to do some anthropological work. And he created an entire cosmology out of, like, one visit, right? Entire cosmology. He even created uh, Tensegrity. Out of that. And so is Pandit that much
2: different than Carlos Castaneda? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. All right. Let's see what we have here. Is he that much different than ra u ru or Werner Erhard? All right. Here we go. We got a little, look at
3: this. Chris's website is really, oh, my God, stepping up here. Experts in CBD. Speak to an expert. We got number 17. I guess these are the formulas, the featured formulas of the day. G41's full spectrum CBG and CBDA plus terpenes. If you want to find out more about what all that means, feel free. Speak to an expert. Whole plant, full spectrum extract, super terpenes, powerful stuff. Powerful stuff, number 17. So if you go to truamscience.com, uh, and you order $100 of their product or more, please type in 1-5-M-N-S. That's 15 minutes. like the show 15 minutes of flame, 1-5-M-I-N-S. And guess what you get? You get free products. Everybody likes free stuff. You can go there and buy the product if you want. But if you want free stuff, type in 1-5-M-I-N-S, and you get the goodies, $150 or more, brings you the free shipping.
2: and um, And, you know... I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna i tell Chris to put a link on his website to get to the
3: Austin Journal stuff, so you guys can just go right in and do that. Maybe he can do that by tomorrow. He he listens to the show on a daily basis. All right,
2: let's get into the to the ongoing tale of the tape and how we got here. So we looked at
3: things like xenoestrogens. We looked at thalites. All the things that have been hacking us. From a biological level, we looked at some of the social hacking and in and, and you know, could a uh, kaliberaci could be construed as a
2: social hack? Maybe he was fucking talented, regardless, right? We looked at Joe Brieth yesterday,
3: a little known obscure figure in the music industry, and how he got a half a million dollar advance and the exact area that is Behind me is where they put up a massive billboard of Joe Briath and also had buses cruising all over New York City, you know, with his image on the side of the buses. And they were going to rent out the Paris Opera House. And I mean, it was like this guy had become a fetish, right? He was a fetish. And this is all part of the this is all part of the program, right? So it's the it's the fetishization of the masculine and the feminine. And if we go back far enough, where will we run into that? Well, of course, it's Baphomet. And if you look at the uh, the, the uh, thumbnail for today's show, what do we see? Well, we see the Knights Templar, right? The Knights Templar who are having a little, uh, little session there with Baphomet. So the story goes like this, that the Knights Templar were in solomon's temple right they'd gone there they they were they were fighting the good fight expelling the the uh the infidels those those nasty muslims who had taken over jerusalem they were reclaiming jerusalem as the uh, the holy place for for god right so the knights Templar were part of the part of the crusades so I guess they're rummaging around in the bowels of Solomon's temple, and they find something, right? They find something. They find probably more than just one something. Probably find a couple of things. And the as the story goes, they either ran into Baphomet or they ran into how to summon Baphomet. One of the two. It's either one, right? They either run into Baphomet or they run into the instructions to summon Baphomet. And so this is is what we see here, right? The other thing that the Knights Templar come away with is something that they will ultimately hold the Catholic Church hostage with. Now, the, the rumor of the story is that they had evidence, of course, that Mary Magdalene, goes to the south of France, which is where the Knights Templar would set up shop. And um, she has a child, right? And that child becomes part of the bloodline story. So it all kind of goes back to the Knights Templar, the Solomon's Temple, what they find in Solomon's Temple. And uh, according to the legend, and according to the illustration, they find their God, right? They find, they, they, they are there, with Baph- now when you look at other versions of Baphomet, not the one that I'm showing, because Baphomet is a little more modest in this uh, depiction, but Baphomet is is a trans god. That's what Baphomet is. So when you see Baphomet, you'll see you'll see the the the, the boobies, right? And, and Baphomet also has male equipment. And the more likely female equipment, right? This is this is this is the idea, this is the symbol that's been embedded, you know, as part of you know, the whole sort of baphometric cult and baphometric fetish. And as a result of this, right? as a result of this, we're going to get into this a little bit more. is that it is Baphomet is not a true God, not a true God, not at all. Right, it's not a true God. Can't create. You can't create. You can just copy. And so everything that we're seeing now, in terms of uh, puberty blockers, sexual reassignment, uh, the, uh, the, the 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 surgical removal of genitalia, and the synthetic creation of essentially going from one sex to another. Right. It's all baphomet. It's all uh, an homage and a copy of, of this, this God, which has become a fetish. And if you go deep enough, you'll go right into, uh, secret societies and the Freemasons and the lodges and Baphomet is embedded in that story. Right. And if you look at Dylan Mulvaney, Dylan Mulvaney still has his weenie. Okay. He still has his weenie. He, he did a little thing about his bulge. Like he's you know, the little creep. So Dylan Mulvaney is a fetish. It's exactly what he is. And this is why he's being promoted, because he is a fetish and a symbol. Oh, by the way, if you were to guess what Dylan Mulvaney's sign is, what would you guess? He's a Capricorn. Capricorn, the goat god. Right. So now we're making connections with astrology. So, so this is really where the story starts. And it's and, and it is a story that continues through time and now with Pluto and Capricorn and it's you know the final degrees of Pluto and Capricorn and then Pluto and Aquarius it's like okay this this is the time to create a version, an artificial and synthetic version of this God, this fallen deity this this image that was worshiped by the Knights Templar. And probably the Knights Templar probably got some interesting information, right? this, this is how the game works? So um, just keep all that in mind. We we're just just we're just you know setting things up here for where we're going to go. Now, one of the things that I uh, that I talked about, well, I didn't talk about it, but I just dropped it on Twitter, and I'm, I want to show you um, something that I. Had talked about, and if you guys have followed um, this show or, uh, f- for any amount of time, and even interviews, I remember one of the first times I talked about this was with Regina Meredith, and she was very surprised when I brought this up, she wanted links and everything. But I was talking about this when this happened, and this goes back to August twentieth in twenty nineteen, and one hundred eighty one top CEOs have realized companies need a purpose. Beyond profit, this was when when this came up. I made a. I was doing my best to make a big deal out of this. It's like, well, this is a big fucking deal,
2: right? Why? Why do all of a sudden CEOs who have been invested in making money
3: and representing their their shareholders, why would they automatically change tracks? Because they've never really had hearts of gold, okay? They had hearts of coal for the most part. I mean, corporations are there to, in the past, uh, be efficient and make money, right? If it costs less to make a product in China, they don't care. They'll do it. They'll, they'll move their manufacturing to China. Why? Because if they don't do it, somebody else will. Always happens. But in this version of the story, August 19th, 2019, the Business Roundtable issued a memo entitled State of the Purpose of a Corporation. The Roundtable is one of the most preeminent business lobbies in the United States. includes 192 CEOs of leading U.S. corporations. So here we go. You have companies from Apple to Walmart sandwiched between The spare title and 181 signatures was a one-page declaration that ended as follows. Each of our stakeholders, did you see that? Each of our stakeholders is essential. We commit to deliver value to all of them for the future success of our companies, our communities, and our country. On its own, this sentence is indistinguishable from the anodyne commentary that fills the annual reports of many business roundtable members. For those actively following this topic, however, it represents a very public rebuke of the Milton Friedman view that guides business decisions behind closed doors. Friedman, the renowned University of Chicago economics professor, penned a famous 1970 New York Times essay, the social responsibility of business is to increase its profits that helped launch a half century of shareholder capitalism. In this worldview, the business of business is business. And the sole focus of the CEO is to maximize the profits of that business. So here we go. The new statement by the Business Roundtable explicitly counters this view. Corporations are, according to the statement, accountable to five constituencies of which shareholders are only one. Customers, employees, suppliers, and communities are the others. In that sense, it is a classic articulation of stakeholder capitalism prevalent in Europe today and in the US during the immediate post-war period. So while the statement itself is not notable, that it has the backing of CEOs representing nearly 30% of total US market capitalization is. And here we go. The primary criticism of stakeholder capitalism is that any purpose other than shareholder profits results in a lack of focus and ultimately corruption. The critique logically follows from the view that CEOs can be self-serving arbiters of social value and would, if given the opportunity, divert resources in their own, to their own enrichment under the guise of purpose. Wow. It is 2019 lettered CEOs, Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock disagreed with this assumption stating in bold lettering purpose is not the sole pursuit of profits. But the animating force for achieving them, profits are no way consistent or no way inconsistent with her. In fact, profits, profits and purpose are inextricably linked. And the findings of our ongoing research initiative on the corporate purpose support the views of Larry Fink and now of the Business Roundtable. Purpose and profit tend to go together. Okay. That would if you were paying attention, and I was, that was just s- roughly six months before COVID happened. Roughly. Right? Like six months would have been what uh August? So February. Yeah. February. February is when we start to hear the the, the rumblings of what's going on in China, right? And I think the first US case of COVID happens in Washington in February. And then by March 11th, we're in shutdown mode, right? So that's just a little over six months. They knew where it was going. They were already on board with it. So one of the things I've been talking about with this whole Dylan Mulvaney thing, and you know, another part of, this is another reason why, this is another example of how we got here because they don't give a shit anymore about making money. And I, you know, I've been watching Matt. I, you know, I don't mind watching Matt Walsh. Sometimes he's very articulate when it comes to addressing this whole gender issue and, and, and some other, he's blind in some other ways. Like I, he completely, completely misunderstood what Kanye was doing, completely misunderstood it. And just, you know, lined up with Ben Shapiro and all the other people over there at the, the daily wire. Right. Um, but Matt Walsh seems to think that, that the boycott of Bud is having a, a, a major impact, a major impact on the company. Keep going. keep boy- Now, I'll tell you where it's hurting. It's hurting local fucking distributors. Like people who make a living out of distributing that piss water, right? They're the ones that are taking it into shorts. Their drivers are taking it in the shorts. This is a problem, right? So they're actually damaging local economies. Believe it or not, they're damaging local economies. Do you think Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, InBev, who owns Budweiser, a Brazilian corporate, all these major um, brewers, distillers, venters, they're all in bed with each other. You have all these mergers, and they're all kind of sleeping together, right? I did a little research on all these mergers that took place over the last 10 years. It's really remarkable. You know, Coors became Molson Coors, and there's all this kind of, you know, Heineken did its own kind of aggregation,
2: right? And some of them have crossovers. Anyway, uh, Anheuser-Busch slash InBev, their stock is up. Their stock is up. Meanwhile, the local distributors, they don't have any product. I mean, people aren't buying the product. Bud, Bud Light, anything associated with Bud? You got a Bud distributor
3: down the road here in Kerrville. I should actually go there and talk to them. That would be good. There'd be some good fact-finding. Maybe I'll do that. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I got to go to Kerrville anyway. They're the ones that are hurting. Anheuser-Busch, InBev, stock is up, right? So why are these companies doing this? Why are companies going woke? They're not going broke. They're not going broke.
2: Which company who's gone woke has really taken it into shorts and just closed shop? Answer that question. I really can't think of one. I can't really think of and maybe maybe
3: a you know a few kind of lesser lights or you know lower hanging fruit might have you know drank the Kool-Aid and they're and they're they're you know, I'll tell you what really killed business. It wasn't going woke, it was fucking COVID. COVID killed businesses, those middle tier
2: businesses, small businesses. Man, killed them. Anyway, why are they doing this? Why are they willing to risk their customer base and everything that they
3: theoretically built their businesses on by aligning with something like
2: Dylan Mulvaney and you know, this whole kind of, this this trans fetish thing? Because
3: when the new economy comes these companies who have participated in keeping their ESG scores at a high level and
2: uh, Larry Fink looks upon them and gives them the papal blessing, the bathymetric
3: papal blessing, they will be fully staked in the new economy. That's exactly what's going to happen. There will be no loss from going from one currency and one economy to the next they're fully staked this is why anheuser Busch and bev can do what they're doing they don't care they don't care when when they reset the tumblers on the lock. they'll be the exact same company they will have the exact same valuation
2: and they'll be staked one to one for their valuation that's part of the deal they made a deal They have no
3: fear of customers abandoning their brand because after the smoke clears and everything else has been leveled, they'll still be standing. And their idea is that um, you'll use your your card or your Q code or FedNow to buy the same shitty products you were buying before. That's what they've been told. And if they play by the rules, that's what will happen. They'll lose no valuation. And even now with with their stock theoretically rising, right? What is that all about? That's an algorithmic trick, an algorithmic magic. Who's buying the shares? I don't, you know, when the stock is up, people are buying shares.
2: Stock is down, people are selling shares. Who's buying the shares? Those are robot shares. You kind of get the picture now? Boycotts
3: may not have the same power and impact that you think. Jo- who was it? It was both, I um, think it was Matt. Yeah, it was on, on, on uh, uh, Matt Walsh's Twitter feed, and I brought it up. I never responded to it. Like these people got to go deeper, man. It's like it, it, the, this thing is just a symptom. You want to get to the root cause. You got to go right
2: into the heart of BlackRock. You got to go right in the hard black rock in uh, The Fink. All right. Let me get to my, my uh, Thursday, Thursday movie breakdown.
3: Now I'm going to play you some clips here. Uh, and luckily, it's on YouTube. The quality of the actual uh, movie itself isn't bad if it's in small screen. Large screen, uh, it is uh, not great. But this is, um, here, let me do this before I do this, let me, let me play you a trailer. And because I think that Larry Cohen, who is this legendary renegade
2: filmmaker was onto something. Let's do this. Um, let's go with, uh, this let me get into the playlist all right so I'm going to play you the uh, the opening credits of a tv series um, that's interesting, Stephen Brandt. That's an interesting name, Stephen Brandt.
3: Um, I'm going to play you the opening credits of a TV series called uh, The Invaders here. And now, this was written by Larry Cohen. Uh, I think it was one of the original versions of uh, is a Quinn Martin production.
2: So let me play the intro, and then we're going to get into. Uh, the movie God Told Me So. Here we go. Next, The Invaders in Color.
4: The Invaders A Quinn Martin Production. Starring Roy Finnis as architect David Vincent. The Invaders. Alien beings from a dying planet. Their destination, the Earth. Their purpose, to make it their world. David Vincent has seen them. For him, it began one lost night on a lonely country road looking for a shortcut that he never found.
3: I had that car, by the way.
4: It began with a closed, deserted diner and a man too long without sleep to continue his journey. It began with the landing of a craft from another galaxy. Now, David Vincent knows that the invaders are here that they have taken human form. Somehow, he must convince a disbelieving world that the nightmare has already begun. The guest stars in tonight's story, Jack Lord, Alfred Ryder, and special guest star, Diana Hyland. Tonight's episode, Vicar.
3: All right, So those are the opening credits of the show. Now, what, what's interesting about the show is that, again, written by Larry Cohen, Larry Cohen un- understood something that not a lot of people were aware of at the time and that the aliens would look like us. There, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And he even gets into the infiltration of the aliens into media, right? Like he sees this thing happening. And it, he sees it in a way that it becomes this imperceptible threat. And it's a really great show. And the effects on it are pretty good, actually, as, as far as effects go. Um, so Larry Cohen is the guy that comes up with this idea, right, and writes all these scripts. And he really gets into this territory of, of, of our society being, or world being infiltrated by people that... Um, that don't have our best interests at heart. Right. Okay. So I'm going to fast forward here and go back to um, the other uh, Larry Cohen vehicle, which is, I just wanted to give you an example there, uh, which is the movie God told me to. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to zip through this movie and, and show you what I'm talking about here. And there's even
2: an image of the round table. There's an image of the round table in this movie. So let me get into it here. So here we go. All right.
3: I'll, I'll play the beginning a little bit and then I'll fast forward. And, I'll go, and I know this movie pretty well, so I know the scenes. All right, here we go. remember this was demon before Tony Lobianco a great uh, actor from the 70s Sandy Dennis Richard Lynch plays the demon he plays Baphomet and Raffin star from the 50s All right, so that gives you kind of a, a a sense, right, of who the actors are, and the 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 the, re, the religious and and uh, sort of very Catholic theme uh, has a lot to do with Tony Lobiaco's character, who goes to church all the time, like he's he's a he's a devout Catholic, right? So let's go forward here into the movie a little bit. All right, so here we have New York City again, the backdrop, and I'm going to set the stage for you here. So what you're going to witness is, all right, is a uh, this guy is riding his bike, right? He's going to get shot, and he's going to get shot by a guy who's got a rifle on a tower. And it starts this um, opening scene with with a lot of carnage. Now, if you're queasy, I mean, it's, you know, this is Hollywood blood. It's not like, you know it's like super graphic, but there's some graphic elements to it. I'm just letting you know. So if you're a little queasy, you may want to kind of look away at certain points. And this bike rider is about to bite the dust. All right, here we go. Break in here a little bit. Larry Cohen would not get permits to film in in New York City, he was like a renegade filmmaker. So, a lot of the crowd stuff that you're going to see here, he actually managed those crowds. Like, he would say, Hey, do you want to be in a movie? Right? He'd have the crew there and everything. And people, Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, no problem. So, all these extras, they're people that are actually on the streets of New York. I mean. He was a really genius filmmaker in a lot of ways. Um, let's so I'm gonna fast forward here. You kind of get the you get you get the idea, right? This guy's a cop. Now they're gonna send Tony Lobianco up on the ladder, and he's gonna have a conversation with the guy, and it's going to set the tone for the movie. So here we go. I think
5: he's gonna come down. Listen, I'm not coming up to arrest you. I just want to talk. Find out who you are. Why you've done this.
3: Now those are those are actors.
5: We have plenty of time. None of us are going anywhere. I'm Peter Nicholas. Is there anybody you want us to call, notify you're up here? My name is Harold Gorman. Do you want us to get in touch with your family?
4: I don't care.
1: I I don't believe my son had anything to do with this. He was a very good student. I, I mean, he couldn't possibly have killed all those people
3: at that. Distance. Those are all people. people those are those people are are actually impossible. on the streets of New York. Now, there, might, there must
1: have been a lot of people. They're not extras. From
3: those ropes. And I mean, the, they are, but the they're the not hiding.
1: Are, are covering it up. They're, they're blaming my son.
5: I grew up at a Catholic boys' school in the Bronx. Graduated DeWitt Clinton High School. A year at Fordham University before I joined the force. Jesuit. Where did you go to school, Harold?
1: Why should you tell me all these things?
5: I want you to know me. We don't kill people we know, do we, Harold? Only strangers. That's why I'm coming up, Harold. So you can see my face.
0: four years old how old are you harold i'll be 22 the
5: 7th of july i'll never be 22 will i well we can't bring anybody back to life harold nobody can okay a lot of people down there would like to know why you did this you mad at somebody
1: it was a nice day With the drugs out. I don't do that. I don't hang around with those kind of people. Can you tell me why you did this?
5: Yes. You Promise you won't tell anybody else? I can't. I can't promise that. Right? It's my job to find out.
2: Well, I'll tell you anyway. God told me to.
3: The tower, right? That's a tarot card. Then Lo Bianco wakes up. uh, Now, he said, God told me to.
2: This is a theme that is going to get played out in the movie. Right? That's a theme that's going to get played out in the movie.
3: And this is him uh, at police headquarters. I'll keep going here. Oh, it's a, it's, it's a hospital. Here's another one. Here's another one in the hospital.
0: Hey, this isn't really in your jurisdiction.
3: He's flying up on a guy that uh, did something. His
0: wife said that he was sitting at home reading a magazine. He uh, suddenly got up, went down to the supermarket, took a knife, and started stabbing people. John, why did you do it? Take your
5: time John. I know you can hear me. did you attack
3: all those people why did you pick up the knife god told me to so again there's that theme right god told me to all right let's keep going just reinforcing the theme a little bit all right this is interesting now there's a guy here who is going to call him and give him inside info all right so watch this this is an important scene And then there's a very interesting little cameo here that uh, just from from a Hollywood actor perspective will keep your interest. All right, so this guy's going to spill the beans. Here we go.
5: There's going to be another of those killings today. Hey, who is this? Hold on a minute. Get on the line. This is your special. Uh, excuse me, would you repeat that again, please? He has willed it to be. Five more will die today along the road of the parade. The St. Patrick's Day parade? There'll be 5,000 dead drunk, you mean. Let me take
0: it.
3: 5,000 <laughs> <laughs> drunks.
5: Uh, what do you mean, he? Uh, how does he will people to kill? You'll see, there'll be one of your own. A policeman. Which one? I don't know. Maybe he hasn't even been chosen yet. But it's going to happen at what time at what point in the parade
3: so that guy is the Judas Sam, okay so watch Sam. this get
5: down to the parade You're not supposed to march in the parade it's going to be a shooting I'll be there in a minute
3: so here comes the parade and again I think Larry Cohen is just filming Best the parade
5: Sergeant Duff, will you? he's Best on the parade He's there. He marches every year. Find him. We'll just switch the call through to one of the cars. This is Duff. Sarge, is there any way of uh, delaying the parade? Stop the parade, sure. Someone is about to go berserk and shoot some people in the march. It's going to be a cop, probably a patrolman.
3: All right. Yeah, Let's you. go back. Here's your cop right here. I'll show you.
5: Be Sergeant Duff, will you? He's on the parade route, 44th Street and 5th Avenue. Oh, he's there, he marches every year. Find him, we'll just switch the call through to one of the cars. This is tough. Sarge, is there any way of uh, delaying the parade? Just stop the parade, sure. Someone is about to go berserk and shoot some people in the march.
3: It's going to be a cop, probably a patrolman. This is the guy. Do you recognize who that is? That's Andy Kaufman. So, Andy Kaufman is going to become essentially uh, possessed and carry out the quote unquote will of God. Here we go. There he is. Yeah, I hear
5: you, but I don't believe Well, follow the march. Will you keep your eyes open? It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, okay. Probably up where the mayor's watching, uh, in front of the TV cameras. Somebody's trying to terrorize the people in this city, and they're going to do it in a big way that's going be a shooting somebody in uniform one of our guys Follow the marks Four of 2901. here
0: here parade rain or shine that parade is going on every year for 75
5: years Something new is gonna be added this year.
0: Look, it's too late anyway. The march starts in three minutes. Pete, it's obviously a crank call. All that bullshit about being chosen. Nicholas, stay here. The Irish have waited all year for this day. You are not gonna ruin it for them. You got that?
3: So one of the things that um, Larry Cohen is really good at is, well, he has to use handheld cameras. For a lot of the stuff so you get a lot of handheld camera gorilla footage so this is where uh uh Andy Kaufman starts shooting people all right so he's the guy I'm going to skip past this so he's trying to figure out why these people are are essentially saying that God told them to do this right why is this happening why is it going on it continues there are more and more cases that are being built around this whole thing now on the uh, while, well, while all this is going on tony lo bianco is starting to look into his roots and how he was born and who his mother was and he runs across this guy who basically uh kills his wife and kids uh he's you know he's feeling all blissed out because god told him to do it right it's another, another one of these examples.
2: And then uh, here we go. Let's get into sort of the meat of this thing here. Let's see where we are here. Let's go here. Do
6: um, you have a
5: you have another case where a crime was committed and uh, people say that God made them do it? <laughs>
0: There's always some psycho around that says he's acting the name of the Lord. <laughs> you know, I had women claim that they were laid by the Almighty. But when you looked into it, you found it was their stepfather or their high school teacher or someone else in authority that slipped it to them. <laughs> Girl, he's not wrong. Imaginations, Pete. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my friend Callahan on the Jersey State Police uh god rest his soul he had he had a case like that back in 50 in the winter of 50 or 51 uh the dame said god did it
6: 51?
0: 24 years ago yeah i'm sure it was 51 because that was the year my eldest was confirmed oh there were a lot of elements in that case that couldn't be explained so they did the next best thing. They forgot about it.
1: Sit down. I can't see it through you. I don't mind having company, but I don't want to miss my show. With more. Time is
5: money. All right, it's a commercial. Now, will you tell me about Mrs. Phillips? Huh? The night that you found her? Oh, hell, if I'd been her husband, I would have beat the tar out of her. She was hysterical. I almost didn't take
0: her into the car. Oh, not that I didn't play around from time to time, but
3: so this guy picks her up in the car, the, and the, the her is his mother, right? So she's naked, and basically, what happens here is that she has a contact with an extraterrestrial intelligence life form, right? She's inseminated, and then he is going to find out he's the byproduct of that and at the same time he's also going to find out that this other character this other character that we're talking about here who will be a baphometric figure is his half brother right or i guess he's his full brother i guess that's the case all right so here's what happens now we have a cop his buddy is a dirty cop and he's going to get killed here, right? This guy's going to shiv him.
1: I think I found myself a sucker.
3: All right, So he gets shivved and he finds out he's a dirty cop. How does he find out? He goes into the jail, talks to his uh, his girl, squeeze, whatever. And then what happens, here we go now. This is, this is the part to pay attention to because this is what i think larry cohen is getting at here this is the round table right this is in some ways similar to the round table of the fortune 180 or whatever all right here we go i'm convinced that the man who is in touch with us is everything that he claims to
0: be yes he's proven his control over any See the round
3: table things? right these are all people no, that have careful. positions of power in this character who is, um, essentially, uh, getting people to, you know, kill for, for this, this, uh, this entity, they're all in touch with him and they're all buying into the fact that he is their link to a quote unquote, higher spiritual purpose. Like, And it's not just um, philosophical. Like this entity is able to reach into them and create states, right? States of peace, ecstasy, whatever, right? But these are all people, all men sitting at a round table, positions of power. Here we go.
0: To inform us of his intentions before each of these atrocities. Unfortunately, one of us has betrayed his confidence to the police. I'm sure he knows who that person is.
4: Why must he precipitate such a bloodbath? I mean, can't he communicate by any other media except violence?
1: Exactly. Why can't he perform miracles, cure
5: a few thousand people? Wouldn't that be more impressive? The only way the Lord has ever successfully disciplined us has been through fear. Cure a man, and you impress a few people who already believe anyway. Kill a multitude, and you can convince a nation. You ought to know that, Hirsch. It worked with the Egyptians. He killed off all their firstborn, and then they let your people go, didn't they? I wonder if the cost of salvation isn't a bit high. He's only made one request. Uh, there's a policeman, a detective, who seems to threaten him. He wishes us to convince this man to join us without doing him harm. Why would he be interested in a detective?
3: So he's got to be picked up by this guy who's a drug lord, who's part of that inner circle, right? So that's also a a bit of a clue.
0: My boss, Mr. Richards, wants to see you. Get in, please.
3: He's going uptown. Wienerwald. I love this guy's. Uh, I love his pad. It's all, it's just, it's just completely soaked in red, like blood, right? This is all like blood money, blood money of being a drug dealer. He's part of, he's part of the round table, right? This is a guy who is, uh, who is serving their, their, their new lord and master. Put you right?
1: Put you downstairs. Here we go. Come in,
3: won't you? Okay. You can tell that Quentin Tarantino has seen this movie. Like, this is one of those movies that made an impression on Tarantino. All right, so I'm going to start to cut to the chase here. Now, this is his first encounter with this being. Okay, here we go.
5: What makes me different from the others you kid?
0: accept me no
1: questions why are you afraid of me
5: you're afraid i'll find out
1: you can't kill me can you
5: because i'm different too
3: okay so this gets into some of the mythology um, you get into the brothers Enlil, Anki, Thor, Loki, right? This is this is part of this ongoing mythology on the planet, and they're both the byproduct of alien insemination, right? This is a theme, ancient alien stuff that that uh, Larry Cohen's playing with. It's it, it's part of the narrative that's driving this thing, right? Now, what happens? I'm gonna again, I'm gonna cut through this whole thing. Eventually, Tony Lobianco finds out who he is, that, that he and that guy that we just saw are, are related, and he has an awakening of his powers, and he tests his powers by going uptown into uh, Harlem, and he, he goes into, like, a drug den, uh, into a bar, and he basically wills these guys to, like, kill themselves. Okay, I'm going to skip that scene. There he is. He, like, you see, he's figuring it out. He's figuring out who he is. All right. So then we get to the, the end of the movie, which is really where everything is revealed. Now here he is with this character again, like this is played by Richard Lynch. Now I'm not going to show you this one scene because it's really graphic and really gross. Okay. I'm just letting you know, but what Richard Lynch, who is again, theoretically his recessive brother, wants him to do what he wants him to do is he wants him to impregnate him. All right. I know it sounds crazy, but there's a scene here where it is revealed that the Richard Lynch care what this, this character, this, this, um, this kind of demonic fetish who is impersonating God has very Baphomet-like characteristics, and I'm not going to reveal the scene because it's gross. Okay, but right here, right here, where theoretically you would find the wound of Longinus, right, right there, is a vaginal opening, and he is imploring Tony Lo Bianco, right, to like consummate their relationship so he can give birth to the new race, which was, it, which is going to rule the planet because together they're in, they're incomplete apart from one another. He is the recessive. He's the feminine. Tony Lo Bianco is the masculine, right. Which is a whole other concept here. You know, that's part of this alchemical, um, sort of, you know, this alchemical algorithm that they're trying to put together and piece together with people like Dylan Mulvaney. And Tony LoBianco doesn't do it, and it gets really weird, okay? But what happens is ultimately this character, Richard Lynch, dies. And at the end of the movie, Tony LoBianco kind of goes, I think he's arrested, and he becomes becomes a bit of a scapegoat, right? So there's a reason why I'm playing this movie, because even though it's a really low-budget kind of – B-grade film, Larry Cohen is telling you something, right? He's telling you that these men in the round table who are making decisions are making decisions that are being influenced by this character who um, operates as an imitation of God and operates as, again, this like, and they don't really know it, but he is a baphometric fetish. He is a symbolic version of Baphomet, right? Because he's both male and female and it's revealed. And I don't want to get into the reveal because it's kind of gross. So this is one of the reasons why I wanted to play this movie because, or parts of it, because it sets it up, right? And you saw those guys who were there. They're like, well, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this, right? Those are all theoretically, you know, high level, high powered individuals, sitting around a round table like 182 CEOs sitting around a round table making business decisions about how the rest of us are going to live who why and how are, are is guiding them well in this case it's larry fink in blackrock right and when we think of blackrock what do we think of with blackrock
2: you know, blackrock is you know it's the saturn hypercube Black rock is Saturn. And, and when we look at Saturn, you know, one of the base versions of Saturn is Capricorn. And
3: when we look at Capricorn, wh- who do we run into? We run into the goat horn God and, and not the not the best version of it, right? It's the God of the Templars. It's the God that essentially held the Catholic Church hostage.
2: And ultimately, I think this is what's driving what's going on in our world at a very,
3: very deep level, at a deep, dark, occult level. This is who these people are serving. And then what they're doing is they are creating or recreating the world in the image of that God. That's what's happening. That's what this is all. And when you go into, and again, you know, we're coming up on 420, in seven days, right? Which is another another very symbolic, ritualistic um, sequence of events and the sacrifice of children to Molech. And what are we seeing now? We're seeing the sacrifice of our children, sexual reassignment, gender reassignment, getting clips, clipped and snipped, you know, for good. I mean, this is really what this is about too. I mean, these are all ritual sacrifices to this version of a fallen God that goes all the way back, right? Quite possibly the Solomon's Temple. And then we see the fetishization of this god. You know, we saw it with Jobriath, right? It's like, oh my God, you know, let's we're all in, right? We're all in. And Dylan Mulvaney, Capricorn being the next version and iteration of this thing. And I don't want to make too much out of Dylan Mulvaney, but there's a reason why Dylan Mulvaney was chosen. When you get into Dylan Mulvaney, you get into San Diego, you get into places like Rancho Santa Fe, which is where Alyssa Heyershide grew up, right? You get into David Hogg, who's from San Diego, that's right, from San Diego. Again, Rancho Santa Fe, you get into the Heaven's Gate cult. What happens there? Marshall Applewhite, he became a eunuch. And remember, it was he—he um, he had his feminine counterpart. Was it uh, Bo and Peep, right? It's not who it is, but Bo and Peep or Lottie da or whatever the fuck she was, right? You you had this feminine counterpart to Marshall Applewhite who had, who had basically castrated himself. All Rancho Santa Fe. And again, that weird version and everybody, you know, kind of walking around. And I guess where they were, where they were, Nikes, was that their brand? Nike ruled by what? Saturn it's a Saturn brand, right? That's what Nike is. It's a Saturn brand. Um I, I'm and if I'm I'm pretty sure cuz I went down this rabbit hole, Rancho Santa Fe, what do you run into? You you run into Emma Gonzalez's mother who's part of the whole David Hogg scene, right? You go over to the other side of the mountain, there in San Diego, and what do you run into? Well, you you run into uh what's his name? Uh was it John Ernest, John Er Ernest, the the kid that went into the, uh, theoretically went into the uh, uh, synagogue and started shooting up people in the synagogue, right? That kid. And then you have the Aurora shooter from the other side of the mountain in San Diego. Like it's just really weird when you start to get into those strange connections, but just looking at hog, there's that scene of him. And I think it was at La Jolla. Right where you know he's he's bitching about the trash and the trash cans, and then Rancho Santa Fe—it's it's all it's all part—they're all connected in a weird way, whether it's directly or indirectly. It's where Lissa Hireside grew up, Rancho fucking Santa Fe, Dylan Mulvaney, San Diego. Interesting, right? I think it is. Anyway, um, I just wanted to kind of get to the bottom of this, like who is driving all this. Why, why are we being dragged through this degradation? And I think if you begin to look at it from this perspective, you begin to see why. You begin to put those pieces together, right? It is a group of people who worship Saturn. They worship Saturn, not in a Saturnian astrological way. It's, they worship Saturn. These are Saturn worshipers. And when you get into Saturn, you do get into the Baphometric version of the goat god, which is unisexual. And this is exactly what we're seeing. These these are all related
2: to ritual sacrifices. What we're seeing is Baphomet worship. This is what's happening. And they don't care
3: now they don't care. Bud Light doesn't care. All these corporations that signed off, they don't care because Larry Fink and BlackRock are going to ensure the fact that they will stay alive and they will stay in business no matter what. And in fact, they'll get even more powerful as we go through this uh, very sordid phase of our experience. Anyway, I hope that, uh, At the very least, it gets you to think about something. And you may say, oh, he's fucking nuts or crazy. He's pulling, you know, answers out of his ass from a 1970s B-grade movie. But there's some truth to that movie. Larry Cohen knew a few things. And he absolutely nailed it, a lot of what we're going through with that Invader series. Because the only thing that could really alter our ability to... Uh, retain our humanity is something that is inhuman. Something that's really not of this world. Okay, that's going to do it. Um, we'll be back tomorrow over on YouTube with Astro Weather. And then Leela, Lila popping in from Chat World. Um, she's going to talk about uh, tremor release therapy. It's going to be a really interesting show. So this is, uh, I, I love doing this when somebody Um, who follows the show and has some real interesting gifts or talents or skills to share with us. I'd like to promote them. And uh, she'll be with us tomorrow over on uh, the Friday Firecast. So please join us. And for everybody that supports the show, you know, if you're a member of uh, the Mercury or the Mars or the Jovo, I just want to say thank you. Um, And for members, we're having a kind of a town square town hall meeting on Saturday. It'll be on Zoom. And if you have, if you are a member, and you haven't gotten the invitation, please let me know. I'd be happy to send you a link to it. Uh, but we do that once a month, and uh, we're going to be doing that this Saturday. And the last time we did it was really cool. Uh, and I look forward to seeing everybody again on Saturday. Okay, take good care. Use your
2: head in order to discern what's real, your heart to stay open what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. And of course, bye for now.